0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Level 99, I'm your host Pete, a podcast about all things tech related, cloud, DevOps, you name it. Now, I just want to say Happy New Year's and that I hope this year will be the year for all of you. If you're going for your degree, cert, job change, whatever it is, I hope the best for all of you. And I really encourage all of you guys to try something new this year, whether it's learn something new or try something challenging. I believe in all of you guys and I am definitely rooting for every single one of you. Me personally, starting two days ago, (laughs) I have started my MBA program going back to school. Never would I have thought in a million years that after I graduated from my bachelor's that I would go back to school, but here I am. New year, new me, whatever the cliche saying is, Here we are. So this week's topic is going to be somewhat of a intro to what cloud is to what more specifically AWS services. A lot of you guys have probably heard of EC2s or AMIs, load balancers, things of that nature. So this is going to be a nice high overview of what that is. So if someone's going to ask you a question about what AWS is or what's some of their more common services I won't say core services but more common you know you, you'll be able to speak on it or if you're going to an interview you kind of know what to talk about I remember very early on in my career right after I graduated no it was a few months before I had graduated I went to a career fair don't know why but I hated him and I was talking about cloud and how I'm interested in learning more and trying to get my feet wet. And the guy just goes, what is cloud? I look at him and just say, it's another man's data center. I'm not sure if he liked that answer, but eh, take it or leave it. <laughs> I mean, it's a true fact. You are literally paying someone else to use their data center. Nothing about cloud is magical, right? Like wh- whoever came up with that marketing lingo for cloud, they were a genius. Like a lot of people don't quite understand the concept. I know my girlfriend asks often about what I do, and I try to explain, and she just stares at me with a blank face. Like I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> uh, but so let's dive right into it. An EC two, right? What is an EC two? An EC two is, or at least I should start off by saying what it stands for, which is. Amazon Elastic Compute Cloud, EC2. So, Elastic Compute Cloud. So, imagine a EC2 just being a virtual machine that you will log into to maybe run Firefox or, you know, just to get onto the internet and download uh, Steam games or whatever, right? For the most part, if you are running this in your personal account, it will be impossible for you to hit the the limit for those resources. So you can have 10, 20 instances running at the same time. But keep in mind, and this is a definitely huge, you know, warning to all of you that anything that you run in AWS or any cloud service provider, there is a price tag associated to it. Like a running cost. Imagine renting a U-Haul van. Most of them do charge you per mile. And that's kind of the same concept as what cloud and all these other service providers are doing so it's a good practice to get into that if you're not using something to shut it down to save some money now I've kind of mentioned this in the past and previous episodes and definitely encourage you guys all to go check some of those out if you guys haven't but I do mention that I had met a individual who had forgotten to turn off several resources and there were hefty like big boy size servers and, and another word for a server is, is you know just a virtual machine host so if i start using that lingo that's all that means but anyways he had left it on over the weekend or for a short duration of time when he got his billing alert at the end of the month he also was supposed was owe 10 grand or somewhere around, along those lines give or take i don't quite remember anymore but learn from everyone else's mistakes Right? So if you are using an EC2 instance, or any other service in your personal accounts to learn, please clean up after yourself, shut it down, delete it, just do a little bit of due diligence. The best thing you can do is set up a billing alert. Now another, now with these EC2 instances, you have various flavors of operating systems you can run on. A lot of you are probably familiar with Macs and Windows. And most of you have probably heard of Ubuntu. And those of you who have not, it's just a open source Linux operating system that has a GUI. And the other version of Ubuntu does not. So if you're trying to learn Linux, Ubuntu is definitely a great way to learn. However, this is just me. And my personal uh, favorite is I love Mac, right? Their terminal is superior by far So if you have a Mac and you are trying to learn Linux, hit that up. If you're trying to open a file, learn how to do that. Learn how to use that terminal. It's going to help you out. When you spin up these EC2 instances, it gives you an option for the size as well as the type of operating system and version. Now, keep in mind, some of these are on the marketplace that are public. And some of them are actually from the vendor themselves. Now, let's say you do have several instances running, but you want to spread the traffic across them evenly. And that's where load balancing comes in. And just as it is in the name, right, is a service slash tool that it will spread the load according to how you want it. It could be 50-50 and even spread. It can be a 80-40 that, you know, or it can be time-based saying, hey, you know, I've noticed a lot of traffic coming over at the West Coast at... 5pm and I want all of that traffic to hit this one specific node in that region to help ease up traffic in maybe the Midwest. So you can do things like that to help even it out. With load balancing it does give you the option for auto scale. So what I'm trying to get at here is that cloud and Amazon gives you the flexibility to provision your infrastructure as you need and as you deem fit. Now all this is well, and said, but also then again comes down to the company that you work at. Some companies have adopted this concept well, <laughs> and others not much. So the name of those load balancing is they still do keep that name in AWS, which is kind of nice. And from ReInvent 2019, which I went, I I was speaking with one of the engineers, and he was mentioning how the classic load balancer will eventually be phased out. And as, and that does make a lot of sense to me because the classic load balancer, as great as it was at the time, does have a lot of limitation. You have to do a lot of customization when you want to do redirect from port eighty eighty to eighty uh, to four four three. Now the application load balancer is very seamless, easy to use. It has things like a WAF, which is a imagine a front layer firewall to your load balancer. So as traffic is about to hit your instances it's about to go through another filter before hitting them you know as all these services and all this traffic is hitting your servers and being filtered and being redirected you want to use a database now database is going to store a lot of that data externally now you never ever 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 want to keep your database on the same host say it again with me Do not keep your database on your same host. I've seen this so many times and it's such a mess. Imagine being in a four seater car and shoving seven of your friends in in there. You know, it's something we all did in high school, but can you imagine how cramped that is? Everyone's trying to fight for a seat. No one has enough leg room, just not enough space to go around. It's the same concept is with environments that you will be managing you never want to have more than one software or tool running on the same host on the same machine unless if it is already vetted and approved by the vendor right If that's what they intend to do so with all this data coming in right and you don't want to keep it there where do you want to keep it at on a database so Amazon provides a service that they've named an RDS RDS isn't a phenomenal uh, service You spin it up and create it the same way as an ec2 instance so you can pick and choose what version you want oracle postgres SQL, you name it however if you go to the specific product you will obviously be be, you will obviously be paying a premium for it unless if you go with their own in-house engine which would be aurora which then does support those products now the reason why i like aurora is because it gives you the flexibility of automated snapshots and I think they all do that now I think they all take a daily snapshot and retains it for I think a week maybe two and once you have that Aurora cluster created and again keyword cluster here it creates a a read or read replica of the original instance so as you're slamming this one node it then copies the data into a read-only instance then you can put that read-only instance in a different region let's say you have this in us east and you want the read replica maybe in us west and this is where you can design and customize your product a lot better so it gives you the flexibility of doing that so right off the bat you know i can think of two options first you can have the product hitting the main one and, and if it's a custom product, or if it is a, a vendor product, you can see if they give you this option that if it will allow you to do read actions specifically from the, the the second node, the reader node. Why would you do that? So as all these databases are known to be heavy in read and, and write um, queries, right? So if you can reduce the load on a single point, it will help speed up everything else, right? You don't have that bottleneck. There's no, imagine the gas pedal, right? car will go fast if you go if you, have, you just put your feet down you know half throttle but now imagine you moving all the read replicas to the second node specifically now you have that freedom to put your, ga- your foot all the way down to the floor now that car is really moving i hope that analogy makes sense to all of you the second option is keeping in the same format right Maine is in the u.s east readers in U.S. West but then you can use that as a as a disaster recovery scenario that if and when U.S. East goes down which a few months ago we've seen that happen a few times they had a couple of outages by you putting that reader node in another area and U.S. East one goes down guess what you have the latest data to that node and it's already up and running and guess what you can easily promote a reader cluster reader node to the main node. And that will help make sure that you guys are able to to reduce your downtime and to quickly spin up and go live a lot faster if and when a disaster occurs. Now, I know I've kind of gone over my limit for this week. I don't want to go too much and overwhelm a lot of you. This will be part one of this series. So stay tuned until next week while I will cover more services and what Amazon provides. So thanks for listening and until next week, take care.